world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Week five under quarantine. Week five, the range has been closed five weeks now. I am absolutely stir crazy. If not for the quarantine crawl and support of members and Gun For Hire alumni, I would be all out straight jacket right now. <laughs> no doubt. I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm beside myself. The only good thing is I have some good news. Uh, this Tuesday, uh, April 28th, at the Trenton War, War Memorial, between 12 and 3, people are going to be driving around real slow to open New Jersey up on May 1st. Okay? So, Tuesday, 428. Now, about 90% of us non-essential bitches, we have no excuse to not be driving around downtown Trenton nice and slow, maintaining social distancing guidelines, Tuesday, 428, from noon till 3. I will be down there in a gun-for-hire vehicle with a bunch of my staff and other vehicles, just driving around and letting our presence be known. Ah, that should be interesting, because... uh... That woman, what was that woman from Tom's River? Kim Pagan was locked up, yes, for (laughs) violating uh, an executive order, which is illegal to begin with, uh, by the way. What what a country we live in all of a sudden, huh? Yes, so please spread the word. We're having a hard time. We can't post it on uh, social media sites because uh, Zuckerberg and Google and everybody are knocking it down because it's violating the law. It's violating executive orders. So uh, F them, okay? F them too. It just violates. Uh, it violates whatever they, uh, whatever their narrative is. Correct. I really, I am. I'm extremely blown away uh, of all the support uh, that I've gotten from people, and I want to start the show with that because it's so important. But uh, a lot of people are asking about the gun for hire face masks, and they were pre-ordered, Sandy. So we're waiting for them to be manufactured. Obviously, there's a run on face masks uh, for all manufacturers in this country sure if you order them the day they come in to the gun for hire range they will be shipped out if you specified that you were going to pick them up the day they ship in you will be getting an alert to come to the range like between eight in the morning and eight at night or whatever and you can come and pick them up uh without violating social distancing guidelines etc etc so i want everybody out there to just have their heads up and know that we're we're working on it now since we've been closed oh my god this guy, Tom Miller from Michigan, bought a $50 gift certificate to help for the cause. Oh, he's never wow. He's never going to come to the range. That's great. People that renewed their memberships, Rich Serrano, Jerry Frederick of Wayne, Javier Figueroa, Liam Bohan, Scott Petruziello renewed his membership, John Laval. Can you hear me? I can. See? Mark Drapkin. Rabbi Benduri bought a $1,000 gift certificate, oh, Sandy. Man. 
$1,000 gift certificate. David is a great guy. Right? Fred, Fred Kuhn bought a Gun for Hire swag. Michael Bowen bought a $500 gift certificate. Harold Johnson, membership. Frank Borgos, membership. Jody Lutter, membership. Hisham Hamed from the law offices of Hisham Hamed bought a membership. Renee Otero bought a membership. Zoltan Laszlo, a membership. And Yui, Louis Yanit Sadis bought a membership. I cannot believe these people. And we're getting tons of order for wow. swag and That's everything. Great. I mean, it's really, really blown me away. Thank God. Know? So uh, thank you all from the bottom of my yeah. heart. And uh, let me tell you something. I've been doing this quarantine crawl now. And the companies that I've done already, just a quick recap. Cafe Neo, Ramstein Brewery, Last Licks and Whippany, Thims Firearms Manufacturing, Fox Island. Last Cap Licks, is that like a massage parlor? Or? Yeah, Last Licks is is a, is a, is a ice cream joint. I had maple, walnut, and butter pecan <laughs> okay. while I was there. Uh, South Shore Burger Cafe, The Helm in, in New York in Warwick, uh, Paul's Place up in uh, West Milford, Greg's Glass in Whippany, Far Beyond Fabricating down in Bayville, Lakeside Diner up in uh, the Ringwood area, Mr. Cupcakes, five locations, Bromelos in West uh, Patterson, Pizza One in Wayne, My Salad in Wayne, Nino's Pizza in Harrison, A Little Cake up in Park Ridge, Amore Restaurant, Woodland Park, Griddle This up in Dumont, Jersey Johnny's, Woodland Park, Viva Pizza, Woodland Park, Marty's V Burger, New York City, go in there and mention Gun for Hire or Gun for Hire Radio, and you will get a discount. Rebar uh, Bar and Grill in Lodi, Mad Cow Customs up in Pompton Lakes, Francesca's Restaurant, Woodland Park, Auto Sport up on, uh, in the Upper Saddle River on 17, DeNova European Cuisine in Montclair, Barrow House, Clifton, Manhattan Bagel, Totowa, Town Hall Deli down in South Orange, The Love of Grub in Clifton, Palazone in Wayne, Arms Co. Motorcycle uh, in uh, Little Falls, DePiro Farms up in uh, Bergen County, Moonshine Supper Club down in Summit, uh, Villaggio uh, Restaurant in Wayne, Uncle Louie G's Ice Cream and Lemon Ice in Park Ridge, Jimmy Buffs in West Orange, Village Green in Ridgewood, and Jack's Food Town, four locations. I mean, I did crawls all these places, and I have about 10, 15 more on my list. I walked into Cafe Neo the other night, and the owner goes, oh, my God, you're going to do a video? <laughs> I said, yeah. He, like, had tears in his eyes. Oh, it is man. so cool. And there's a there's – a, uh, this is on all my social media platforms, and there's a whole YouTube of the Quarantine Crawl, so you can like it and share it. I think it's really, really important. And before we get into the news, while we're on all this education here, uh, I put out a list. I've been doing a lot of live uh, performances on YouTube, uh, excuse me, on, on uh, Facebook and Instagram. People are asking uh, for books and stuff to read uh, during this pandemic. And uh, I listed some of my favorite books, and obviously you can add some if you'd like. Uh, the first one is The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire. Oh, yeah, now, if you go on Google, look for the author Linton, L-I-N-T-O-N. That's the best condensed book. Most of them are like six volumes and stuff. You want to read that one. Uh, 1984 and Animal Farm by George Orwell are both now available in nonfiction. <laughs> Our governments are using drones now to check people's yep. temperature 
and prevent social distancing violations yeah. and executive order violations. That's right. Big Brother is here. Tracking your cell phone. They're tracking your cars. Uh, yeah. F them all. Uh, you definitely want to read The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Another great book to see how big business and government works hand in hand. Uh, I recommend The Lord of the Flies. I recommend Brave New World by Huxley. Everybody should read Common Sense by Thomas Paine. Mm. Everybody should read Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Yep. You should read The Creature from Jekyll Island. Everybody oh, yeah. should read The Creature from Jekyll yeah. Island. Yeah, you'll you'll go out of your mind. Uh, the Road to Serfdom is another great book. And I'm rereading right now Fahrenheit 451. So that's that's my little list. Do you have anything you want to throw out there offhand? I caught you off guard here, but what the hell? No, but they're all great books. I mean, I love them all. The the uh, I haven't I haven't read uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one probably in forever. Uh, Laszlo from Monster Coatings went through this. Yeah. For you people out there, all of those books that I just listed are also available in audio version. Oh, really? So you can just while you're sitting at home quarantining, yeah, right. you can you can listen to those books. And you know, you hear me reference quotes from these books all of the time. Uh this is required reading. Start reading these books to your kids. Let them learn. Oh yeah, especially now when we when we are at uh at the height of possibly losing our country to socialism. Uh yeah, we're pretty close because these uh, blue state governors are in no rush to reopen. They're all begging right now for federal bailout funds so they don't go bankrupt because they all want a do-over. Yeah, right. Exactly. They want us. They want the rest of the country to bail out New Jersey, who was a was a horrible, horrible uh, uh, m money manager for many, many administrations. And the same with New York City, New York State. It's they all want bailouts. Connecticut, same thing. It's all that that whole uh, uh, cabal that um, now sees uh, light at the end of the tunnel for their failures. But I'm tired, and, and it's going all off all over the world too. When you think about it, all of the zombie states and the zombie nations are now receiving uh, aid because of it. Italy. Uh, 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 Greece, uh, uh, you know, uh, Spain, they, they're all the reasons those countries broke down was because they were broken to begin with. The virus just pushed them over the edge. Their socialized medical system, even in even in the UK right now, what's going on? I have some friends uh, at NHS and you guys over there. We have a lot of listeners across the pond. Um, What's going on right now is is the uh, fact that uh, the British government still is resistant uh, to allowing uh, outside uh, anyone outside NHS to do any testing or provide any treatment or provide any supplies because of the cabal of the NHS. It's it's very similar to the RNIH over here, except that it's totally socialized over there. So everybody works for NHS. And uh, so you can't have that government-private partnership that immediately happened in Germany, which is why Germany fared so well. We, we tried the NHS version in the beginning here, and CDC tripped over themselves for the first three, three months, three and a half months. 
it was they were tripping over one another because the the tests that we had and the testing capabilities that we have are not meant for a pandemic you know that the the laboratories at the national health labs uh cannot handle that kind of volume by any stretch of the imagination maybe they can do 30 or 40 tests a day so, so imagine that uh and the same thing is happening in countries around the world. I mean, it's just, it's sad. We, we are now starting to partner with, um, you know, a government, you know, government, private, private government partnerships, which are good and bad. But uh, this uh, on the science side, and no one is talking about this, which is really ticking me off, um, is the so much good that we're not reporting and from the science side the advances that we're making are incredible they're miraculous and yet nobody reports it all they count is the you know the tote board uh, of number of people dead uh so we received a, an email from armin and uh, he says, if you have not already recorded this week's show, I'd love to hear Sandy's thoughts on the several studies in the U.S. that are testing for antibody antibodies and showing significant higher infection rates than previously estimated, which, of course, would mean a significantly lower mortality rate. The studies were USC, Stanford, Mass General, and I just read of another one that took place in New York State. Yeah, New York State. I'm, sh I'm sure he's following developments closely enough to already be aware of these. But maybe you can just mention it to him ahead of time if it's not too late so he can be prepared. What, what's your thoughts on the antibodies? Do you really want to hear about this? Yeah, I do. If you, if you can talk about it, yeah. Yeah, well, I have uh, – well, we've only got about four minutes left in the top of this segment. But, I mean, that's kind of like my pet peeve. Uh, listeners to the show are, are not unfamiliar with my thoughts on this. From day one, I said, when this all washes out, we will likely have – a, uh, a, a a true mortality rate somewhere around a bad flu season. And it has played itself out. The problem, I don't know how deep I can get into this, but the problem is, is the numbers that we're using, okay? The numbers that the U.S. government is using, generated by the World Health Organization, who is run by a freaking Marxist idiot, uh, the guy is not the, the head of the WHO right now, the current head of the WHO. And, and again, my personal opinion is a guy. Uh, he, he's not a doctor. Number one, uh, he, he's a he's a politician, a Marxist, uh, uh, you know, politician uh, who when he was in charge of his own country uh, was responsible for misreporting diseases. Uh, on on cholera, there was a cholera outbreak in his own country, which he covered up. Uh, the guys on the uh, on the on the China payroll, uh, and China has a massive massive uh, financial interest in his country and their infrastructure. Mm. Let's just to put that plain. Mm -hmm. So, what was done, and the numbers used from WHO. And the numbers currently being used are spurious. I, I don't know where the hell they're getting these numbers from. They're, it's like you might as well get a boardwalk wheel and spin the boardwalk wheel. The problem is, is we are testing, we, we're using data 
testing sick people, using that as a denominator. So, of course, they were predicting 30%. If if you get a 30% mortality rate, that's going to scare the bejesus out of everybody, period. And politicians are politicians. They're not going to, they're always worried about the politics of one thing or another. And I, I fear that that's happening pretty much all over the world. Many countries are not doing it, but here, certainly in the U.S., we're following data from, from a, a unified source, which has been wrong since day one. And yet we're still using the data, still quoting the numbers that are so outrageous. Uh, Two million dead in the U.S. Based on what? Whose model? Show me the data. Unfortunately, the reporters who are sitting in that that press room for those three-hour circus sessions every afternoon. uh, No, I'm not going to speak my mind. uh, are not asking the proper questions. They're not asking where is the data coming from? Who is responsible for these models? Can I see the model? There are science reporters sitting in that audience who are not asking the proper questions. Uh, we'll pick Because it it's all about the narrative. It's, yes, and it's all about uh, play. Let's see if we can get Trump on some ridiculous thing who, you know, is not short of uh, being a, a great target. Um, all right, got to take a break. We got the kind of power that only comes from I want to tell you about my friend Katie. I had to shut my Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. 
And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick. But just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. So, uh, that was a nice rant you had there. This is interesting because this is our 466th show. We only have 200 more shows to go, bitches. <laughs> 666. <laughs> I'm out at 666. You've all been warned, okay? Uh for years, the show has been Gun for Hire Radio with Anthony talking about gun stuff and gun politics and gun laws and safety and education. And now the past seven or eight shows, Sandy has taken the role <laughs> as the expert, uh, which is very interesting, uh, which is cool. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, but a couple of things I wanted to talk Makes about. Makes one of us. Here. <laughs> yes. Uh, rem- I, you know, I only got a couple of reviews last week on uh, on. Google TripAdvisor, oh, Yelp, and Facebook. Good. Yeah, so you all suck. Just so you know, you that's all suck. That's not good. <laughs> People are sending me money, but nobody will write me a review. It's wow. amazing. That's good. Well, uh, take the money. <laughs> remember, you, you can't turn the lights on with reviews, dude. True. I'll take. I'll take the money. Uh, I still have about fifteen of my seventy employees that are not uh, able to go on to the uh, unemployment server and get unemployment benefits. Sandy. Uh, yes. And I've been helping employees out as much as I can uh, until they get their feet on the ground. So uh, it hasn't been easy. So now let's do a little housework. Don't forget my buddy Bob Ramo out in Shooter's Gauntlet. Uh, he should have a drone shooting competition. He should. We, sh- we yeah, should learn we how should. to shoot these drones down. <laughs> you know, you don't even have to damage it if you just get one of those guns yeah. that shoots the beanbag. Yeah, that'd be you know, enough. Yeah. Just knock that effer right out of the sky and then step on it and then leave a Gun for Hire sticker on it. Gun for Hire was here. Uh, Mark Cheeseman's case is still up for grabs at the Supreme Court. So is the Rogers case, and so is the Gould case. So we don't know what's going on with the Supreme Court right now, but we do know something interesting will be happening. Okay? Uh, All right, let's talk about this. Our buddy Cal Calstrom got his carry permit, Sandy. Oh, wow. Yes. That's good news. Evan and Lou Knappen kicked ass. Listen to this update. After a unanimous New Jersey Supreme Court victory and a remand hearing on the merits, Calvin Kalstrom has been granted his New Jersey permit to carry a handgun. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So, pursuant to Union County Superior Court Judge Daniel's order, Kalstrom's permit provides that he may carry a handgun in performance of his duties as an armed security guard for his employer. Okay. They held in his opinion in his in his opinion that if a court has any questions regarding the applicant or his or her permit to carry application, it must hold a hearing to address these questions. So they can't just deny it anymore. Right. right. Okay. A superior court judge can't just deny it. A county judge cannot just deny it anymore. This is a big win. This is a guy Huge. who's been fighting for three yeah. years. Huge. A decorated marine, retired school teacher, wanted to have a carry permit to carry as a security officer during the course of employment at a movie theater at movie theaters and he was knocked down okay (laughs) now now sandy before we get into more political stuff uh 
if anybody out there has had the corona already, all right, uh, if you've had COVID-19 already, uh, a documented positive test, and you're now symptom-free, there's a short survey on the Hackensack uh, UMC.net site. Mm -hmm. You can go on because they're looking for people uh, for their plasma, which yeah, may be dollar. used to fight right. it. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, it's um, it's it's an old, 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 old treatment. Um, it dates back a long time. Uh, but we're using uh, when a person uh, gets a disease, they develop a um, an antibody to that to that antigen. The the um, which a fancy way of saying that they, they uh, that's the thing that fights the infection and makes you, uh, I'll use the term loosely, immune to the disease again. And okay. uh, what we're doing is we're taking that uh, therapeutic plasma, a preventative plasma, as a preventative uh, prophylactic and trying to uh, use it, or there's studies being done. I believe Hackensack University is one of them. Uh, who is doing uh, studies to see if that does help at all? Uh, if a person is has developed a uh, a severe infection uh, and is leading them toward uh, becoming very very sick, uh, they are using that as a therapy to try to see if they can develop that immediate response to have the you know the the body fight that uh, disease. So you recommend people if they oh, if they're confirmed if they should go do it? Yeah. I mean, it would be the greatest thing you could do. And you know, a lot of people who have had uh the flu and there are many 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 of them will will know even more uh once we start testing the general public and you know, getting back to Armin's questions, uh, the, the the that's exactly what needs to happen. Uh, for us to lower that denominator number, you know, for, to lower the number is to raise the denominator. And um, we're not doing that. Uh, you know, we're going based off of we're testing, we're using the numbers based on sick people. How many sick people have died? Okay. How about the people who 80% of the people or 50% of the people who don't even show any symptoms or the 80% of the people who have very mild uh, um, uh, disease response to this thing that mild infections mild uh, symptoms that don't even seek a doctor they think they just had this you know a, a little cold or a very light case of the flu um, once we know those numbers and we won't know those numbers for quite a while but a lot of these studies are showing here's the problem the scientists who are showing this, like the, like the two doctors, the two studies at Stanford University are, are being maligned because they went against WHO. And uh, the WHO numbers, it, when all this boils down, we're going to show that this is basically about as deadly uh, as the rest of the coronaviruses um, that cause flu. This is nothing uh. new. This is not a new thing. Now, I am not by any stretch of the imagination, and you know me, and I am not downplaying flu. This is one of my bugaboos. Flu is a very violent, virulent, nasty-ass disease. Influenza is very deadly to certain people. And that's why it's very important to get flu vaccines, which is kind of makes me laugh. I had a conversation with a couple of colleagues the other day and we were laughing about the fact that everybody the the very same people who are against 
uh, inoculating their children against freaking polio are asking uh, or assuming we're going to have some sort of a vaccination in two months for COVID-19. And uh, no, we're not. It takes a while to develop a vaccine and you have to test the vaccine uh, on a number of ways to make sure that the immunity you're getting is in fact real. But the problem is, is this is an RNA virus. Um, so it, it changes with every infection. It changes just a little bit with every infection. So if you and I were, were infected with this from the same person, let's just say, you and I caught the virus from the same person. Um, right now, we're, it's saying that we're, you know, the, the, the r naught is somewhere between two and three, which says that, okay, we're going to each infect two or three other people. So let's just say it's two. So you and I go out and infect two people apiece. Each of us will have a different version of the virus. And when we pass that version, that virus over to those other two people, they in fact will have two different viruses from us or the original one by a very slight amount. That's called antigen uh, drift. And when that happens, that's why vaccines for the regular flu aren't 100%. You know, they're at their best effectiveness uh, anywhere between 20 and 30 or 40% effective. It's because the viruses constantly mutate or change a little bit with each one. So the body eventually, so when it comes around again next year and it's changed a number of times, uh, the body doesn't necessarily recognize it as being what it is so they don't, uh, so the you know the 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 killer cells or the uh, the uh, don't go after it. The immune cells go after gotcha. it. Uh, so it, you know it doesn't create that immune response. But uh, one of the biggest problems we're having right now is the fact that the the data is bizarre. And every time somebody raises their hand and says, "Hey, look at this," the media doesn't report it. You, go ahead and see if you can get. Um, data just google uh and google is suppressing it uh google it or facebook it or w whatever uh search it on youtube uh search it on google and and you'll find the only thing you're going to get if you put flu deaths versus corona deaths are you're going to get old data from who and who data is tragically wrong but it is being repeated over and over and over and over again. And now we enter into politics and the politics, oh, yeah. the politics of disease. Um, understand that everybody's got their own agenda and, and, and uh, it's not just the politicians. It's the scientists involved. Everybody in a government position or an academic position, more so in government, has to worry about funding for next year. So everybody wants this thing. The people, let's put it this way, the people who are in control of what is, of the policies that are affecting the vast majority of us are not suffering at all from what is happening. Politicians are getting their paychecks. Scientists are getting their paychecks. 
Government employees are getting their paychecks. The doctors are getting their paychecks, for the exception of the doctors and nurses and and therapists and technicians and ancil- and and ancillary medical personnel who have been laid off in the vast majority of the hospitals because hospitals around the country are empty. <laughs> They're empty. They're they're working at a fifty percent capacity yep. in most of the in most of the of the states. The, unfortunately, the media is based here in New York, and is focused thinks for some reason in in Washington D.C. or New York that the world is just like Washington or New York, and it's not by any stretch of the imagination. That's because they all suck. Did you see the woman in the Midwest? She got arrested in the playground for not practicing yes. proper social distancing. Yes. They cuffed her. Meanwhile, we're letting criminals out. In New York, they've arrested over 150 people they've released already for committing crimes again. Is that a shock? We're, we're living in a world where we're releasing prisoners from prison while at the same time, the rest of society is under house arrest. Sandy, and it's not a party line thing. In no. New Jersey, Cody McLaughlin broke this story. Tom's River, a law in Trenton is being pushed through that would fine New Jersey residents up to $10,000 for violating Phil Murphy's executive oh orders. God. And guess what? It's Republicans. It's sponsored by Tom River Township Republican Gregory McGuckin and his partner in crime, Joe Catalano, also signing on Assembly Hudelig, Downey, Sean Kane, Sean Thompson, and Diana Gove. Infractions that have transpired in Ocean County would be severely penalized. And while the bill's creators are seemingly trying to legislate violations in Lakewood Township, those fines would be applied to the women uh, to the women who were who was charged with taking pictures in Seaside Park are the guy playing guitar on a lifeguard stand in the beach. This is crazy. Okay, <laughs> this, this, this is, is crazy. Yeah, this is the problem. I ride past Rifle Camp Park and Garrett Mountain Reservation every day. There's a sheriff's officer parked from sunup till sundown. Rex and I sneak into Rifle Camp Park. We walk around for an hour alone, and I walk out the entrance and I wave to the cop every day. Look, uh, th- here's the problem, okay? And 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 on last night's press conference, and again we're ta- we're uh, we're recording this on Friday. So on Thursday's uh, press conference, that three-hour circus that goes on every night, um, the uh, head of the uh, Department of Homeland Security's Science and Technology Division came out and talked about a study that is being done by DHS um, S and T that shows kind of like what everybody knew uh the fact that sunlight and humidity and heat and this probably cost us taxpayers somewhere around 80 or 90 million dollars at least uh, um has a direct effect on uh a virus Ooh, yep. surprise surprise we've known about this with cold viruses and coronaviruses forever okay rhinoviruses coronaviruses is all kind of the same it's kind of like why it dissipates in the summertime and it comes back in the fall uh the worst thing from an epidemiological standpoint you can do is to take a herd of people shove them indoors and uh let them <laughs> Is bleed, breed through the through the group. Also, uh, look, maybe it. I don't have time in this segment, but 
I, I really want to just try to get as much of the truth out as possible because the media is not doing what the media needs to do. There, there really needs to be, you, you know what I'd like to hear? I'd like to hear from people who have had uh, documented uh, cases of this, uh, of, of uh, you know, COVID-19 who have gotten better. Okay, could you just uh, text us? Uh, nope, they won't. Uh, yeah, well, we'll report. Oh, oh, our people will. Yeah, yeah, okay. Our people will. If, Good. If our listeners, if you've had this, I mean, legit, okay? If you've had this and gotten over it and have symptoms, please send us an email uh, at talkback at Gun for Hire Radio. Um, and, uh, you know, let's let's talk about reality with this thing. Talk about, you know... Uh, my, my niece has uh, has been through this, um, and you know she's gotten it. She's she's still home. She's getting better. Uh, she's had it. It's probably she had a good case of it, so it's lasted about uh, I'm going to say about 21 days so far. Uh, she feels much better. Her fever's broken, uh, that sort of thing. But she, you know, in the meantime, she's raising her child, uh, and she can't go to work because she's you know she's positive. But um, her husband surprisingly uh, tested negative. And, um, you know, they live in the same home. Uh, I, I, my guess is that the, the little munchkin brought the, uh, the virus home, which is how it works. And that's kind of fine. Um, you know, we're kind of looking to do that. And that's one of the things that I, I want to get into when we, you know, when we come back from, uh, come back from the break, but, uh, we got about a minute and you want to. Yeah, well, just be, I'm tired of being accused of killing people because I'm going out and doing the quarantine crawls and oh, stuff. Boy. We basically have a divide in this country, people who are getting paid and people who aren't. Right. I'm not getting paid. I have 70 employees. I right. want to get back to work. Right. Okay, but we're being attacked by these people who are still getting paid, especially government employees. New Jersey, Phil Murphy said he might have to lay off government employees. They want apoplectic. They can't <laughs> handle it. Okay. Yeah. And guess what? Uh, push comes to shove. They're still going to get their jobs back. It yeah, really and retroactive. Matter. They'll get right. paid. Retroactive. Get paid. With their benefits. And their benefits. And their benefits will be there and all the other shit. Of, of the people who are going bankrupt, of the small businesses who are going bankrupt, they're not going to come back. Yeah. And I'm non-essential. Uh, you know, there's two people, essential and non-essential. It's such bullshit. It's such bullshit. Start to open it back up. That's why Tuesday, 428, from 12 to 3, Trent, you better be there. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. 
When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom, and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, Building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Don't forget about Knife Rights, kniferights.org, Ultimate Steel, all right? Go and check out the Ultimate Steel $20 donation. Uh, where do you see all the stuff that's listed? Make sure you get in there. So, Sandy, what else did you want to consider? Talk about. Well, Hit me. Look, uh, let me give you a couple of facts about this thing. Number one, the om overwhelming majority of the people who get COVID-19, uh, who are exposed to this thing, are not in any significant risk whatsoever of dying. Understand that. The, the risk of death with this thing is about, is going to be, write it down, is going to be about the same as a bad flu season. Every single year, 50 to 60,000 people in America will die from the flu. The vast majority of the people who are dying from COVID-19 also are the same people who die from the flu. They're, they're older. They're at risk. They have other comorbidities, other underlying diseases like high blood pressure or diabetes or they're overweight or they have kidney disease or end-stage disease. The, the thing that bothers me a little bit about how we're coding is we started coding disease now uh, from a directive from CDC uh, the same way we chastised Italy for coding disease deaths. And it is, uh, if you die with the disease, you are considered to have di being documented as dying from the disease. And you get federal monies. Right. And that is all wrong. It goes against every conceivable epidemiological baseline that you could ever hope to go against. Italy got chastised from us for doing the very same thing. That's why the death rate in Italy was reported so high. Uh, another thing that's happening is if there are, and it doesn't even have to be a tested 
uh, COVID positive test. So literally, if the person died of a massive stroke uh, and had COVID-19 or coughed at this point, was assumed to have, they're they're counted as a COVID-19 death, which is going to, again, just skew the numbers. The, The most important thing is, I think with this thing is that we're doing this ass backwards. Again, you take a hundred epidemiologists and stick them in a room. You're going to get a hundred different opinions about this. Okay. But my personal opinion is this is completely against what we should be doing. Yep. We need to pre, we need to create what's called herd immunity. It's where the vast majority of the people of a population of any given population have developed some sort of an immune response to this. When a virus runs out of host, it goes away. It goes dormant. I mean, viruses are not technically alive, so you can't technically say that it, that they die. Right. But the virus goes away. Its job is to jump from person to person. That's its sole job is to replicate and go to a different host. It wants to do it the most effective way possible. This is a very effective uh, uh, virus. It does does, uh, its job well. It jumps from person to person. The best thing we could do is have these kids in school infecting one another and then bringing that back to normal, healthy people. We should be sheltering the people who are at risk. High risk. High risk. If you have comorbidities, if you're older, uh, the older people. And look, when I talk about a death rate being low, I'm talking about across all age groups, 90 90 year olds without concomitant comorbidities or let's call them multiple comorbidities where they have more than one of the uh, of the of underlying diseases are doing just fine yeah they get sick but they're doing fine they recover they get sick they recover they develop an immunity and now if 80 percent of the people and that's what we're looking for with herd immunity if 80 percent of the people develop an immunity to it the virus goes away yeah it has nobody to bounce off of anymore we're just extending the flattened curve by right. what we're doing. And now Murphy and Cuomo, they don't want to reopen until we have zero new reported cases. Well, well here's, the, here's the issue is everybody gets his ass backwards. The, the purpose of, of, of doing mitigation is to, quote, flatten the curve. Okay, why did we do that? We did that so the hospital system would not be overwhelmed, concomitant, concomitant infections in patients, flooding the emergency rooms and hospitals with very severe COVID-19 and very severe flu because this happened during a flu season. The tail end of, we have two flu seasons in, in, in the U.S., one that runs from around eh, September to about December and the next one that runs from like December, January until March. And uh, there are two different infections that come through. This was happening toward the tail end of it. And typically that particular one, the A virus, is t- typically is more virulent. So that's what we were worried about. Well, that's gone. 50% of our hospital beds are uh, not even occupied. Hospitals are closing. Hospitals are sending people home. They're laying off doctors, laying off. There's no surgeries being done. The hospitals are suffering financially from this. That is over. We have the summertime now. No need to worry about flattening the curve. And let, let's, let's clear this up. Flattening the curve has nothing to do with the number of people who will be infected from this disease or die from the, the disease. It will still 
be the same. Take it to Sweden. Sweden, uh, Stockholm, Sweden, and New York City basically have about the same number of deaths. Sweden did nothing. They're, they did not mitigate. They didn't close uh, uh, restaurants. There are people eating next to one another. The gyms are open. Uh, the, the, the bath houses are open. I, whatever they do, they do. It doesn't really matter. We shut everything down and the same number percentage-wise of deaths are happening. Ugh. The disease will do what the disease does. All we were trying to do was mitigate how fast it were to happen, which honestly goes against epidemiological uh, 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 you know, principles, you want this shit to happen as quick as possible, everybody to get immune to it. So when it comes around the next time, we have herd immunity developed. We're not doing that. We're stretching it out. It's kind of wrong. Again, personal opinion. Uh, there'll be a thousand epidemiologists out there who are going to disagree with me. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's, it's all, per- we all have personal opinions. It's just the way it's going to be, right? But uh, understand that those are the facts. Uh, another thing that we're not doing is we're scaring the crap out of everybody. Uh, and, and, and this is wrong. This is the media. That's wrong. Um, look, look I, I don't know how deep I can get into this, but I, I attended uh, for a long time. I'm trying to figure out where these numbers are coming from, for what, what's actually going on. Uh, and, and why these things, are, where did these numbers originally come from? Uh, we know WHO came up with this. Uh, in the fall of last year, I attended an event uh, where it, it was sponsored by um, the um, Johns, Hopkins Universe, Johns Hopkins University School of Public Health and, and the World Economic Forum, but mostly by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Ugh. Uh, and... Bill and Melinda Gates, up until this point, have, have always sponsored, the foundation has always sponsored that, you know, the Agenda 21 sort of shit, global warming sort of stuff. And one, one of the things that, this was basically a war gaming pandemic scenario, okay? And um, the, 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 uh, the disease that we came up with was a coronavirus, okay, Uh a high, highly infective coronavirus. Now, this is in November of last year, okay? <laughs> so it's kind of eerie uh, that this is all happening. And, and, and it was attended by, um, there was a panel of people that were put together. A couple of friends of mine were on the panel. And um, I went to go sit in the live audience. And um, it was basically we're wargaming what's going to happen in a crisis. The recommendations that came from that panel, um, and this bothered me. For, I had completely forgotten about this. And the other day I went back and I started taking a look at the notes. And I started taking a look. And if, if you're interested, it was called Event 201. Um, I'm sure you can find stuff on it. You can go to just Google Event 201 Johns Hopkins and, and you'll and you'll see some reference to it if you guys are interested since you have absolutely nothing else to do and can't shoot anything. Uh the whole purpose was to get together government people and people from around the world in 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 in, in leadership positions and in um, in business. Uh, there was a guy there from Lufthansa, from UPS, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Steve Red, who was uh, he's a, a rear admiral. He's an epidemiologist and uh, you know an EIS officer. Uh, 
uh, epidemic intelligence service officer. Uh, he's a he's a rear admiral, so he's he's up there in the USPHS. So um, there was um, um, uh, people from media. Actually, another friend of mine, Hashi Tiagi, she's a VP of um, uh, NBC, uh, and people from the UN, people from uh, you know Johnson and Johnson, Harry Schein, Johns Hopkins, and and everybody sat together on the panel. The numbers that in this fake sort of scenario that we came up with where a million people were going to die. Um, that's where we're getting those numbers from. Everybody who is there are the people who were, this is the recommendation that came from that panel are the very same recommendations that went to our CDC, went to WHO. And those are the numbers that they, uh, this is still top of mind stuff. You got to remember, this is like November. This shit breaks out in December. Um, one of the interesting people I found that was on that panel, uh, which uh, was George uh, George Gao. Um, George Gao is the director of the China CDC, uh, the very organization responsible for hmm. that Wuhan lab. Yep. Um, I'll let you draw, draw whatever weird-ass conclusions you want to draw to that. I don't draw any conclusions to that but i just think it's kind of weird serendipity but at the same time that gal is sitting in this panel in new york city um this virus is being escaped from somewhere in wuhan province now uh gal's i mean he's a virologist um and it's and his specialty is the um the cross-species transmission of uh, influenza virus, which is ah. what we'll call host jump when it jumps from that. Remember we talked a couple of weeks ago about the zoonotic jump. It jumps yes. from the, from the zoonotic species to um, which again is, is called antigen shift. Um, when that happens, uh, uh, you know, when that happens, when it goes from one species to another, and that's what makes it very, uh, you know, it's a novel virus. Now we, it's completely different than it was when it was in the bat, rat, cat, or, or, or doormat. And, um, now it's in us and it's different and we have no immune response to it, but natural immunity will take care of many of that. A lot of us will just be naturally immune to it for one reason or another. And uh, if you had a very light case or if you had a case and just a sore throat and that sort of a thing, uh, it went away. And now later on, when we go to test for the antibody and antigen, you test positive. It would be a good idea for you to go donate uh, plasma. Please do. Yeah. Please do. Sandy, how much time do we have left? We've got about five minutes. So I got this email from uh, Daniel. Ianuzo from uh, Sorry Cast- for boring everybody. I'm sorry. No, we that's that's interesting. Daniel Inuzo uh Ianuzo from uh, Castellano Electric Motors in the city. And he said, "Hey, Aunt, I just want to thank uh say thank you for everything you do for us gun owners. I was hoping to meet you at the Personal Protection Expo in Texas, but I met some of your guys and they couldn't have been nicer. So nice that I felt like we were friends for years and not strangers who just met on the plane, which was ironic." Uh, I've been putting off getting a membership at your range, although I've been to your range and taken the multi-state CCW with you, and I always turn people onto your place. After I heard this past show that you said you fronted your employees' money, I decided to get off my ass and buy a membership and some swag. 
My family's company has been in business since 1957, and we've never seen anything like this with this pandemic. And he's just talking about how it's turned into a political thing, and they're open, and it's still a uh, an essential business. Castellano Electric Motors. Daniel, I can't wait to see you uh, when this whole pandemic is over, and I appreciate the uh, membership and the email from you. I've been getting... Uh, tons of this it's it's hard for me to even keep up and i'm and i'm really i'm humbled by uh by people sending them uh on on a on a gun note real quick uh california law requiring background checks to purchase ammo violates the second amendment how do you like that <laughs> a federal judge in california ruled that law requiring background checks to purchase ammo violates the second amendment a california judge ruled in our favor it is no, the a federal judge oh federal a judge. federal judge he stuck it up javier becerra's poopoo wow. yeah and said that this was backed by the national rifle association and the california rifle and pistol association okay and uh, Judge ben Roger Benitez, I'm not sure who appointed him, he said that the law was onerous and convoluted and constitutionally defective. Wow. My buddy Chuck Michelle out there, attorney, he's the Evan Knappen of California. He spearheaded this case. So, you know, they want to do the same thing in New Jersey, but now we have some federal precedent, by the way. Which is good. Um, yeah. I mean, we already have ammo registry, but we don't have background checks yet. Uh, so uh, it was uh, it was knocked out. I'm sure California, with the taxpayer dollars, will definitely appeal it. Oh, absolutely, sure. And uh, it'll end up going up to the Supreme Court anyway. Okay, uh, you know we're doing our best here. Classes and stuff will be listed as soon as we come back up online. Multi-state CCW. Uh, the state police have extended retired police qualifications for 90 days. They've re uh, extended SORA certifications for security guards, armed and unarmed. Uh, so anybody out there who's interested, if you have your SORA or you want to, if you're a retired cop or security guard, you want to qualify, you know, I've had people, can I come in and I'll qualify with you real quick? Yeah. And if if I date that qualification form the date we were supposed to be closed, I violated an executive order and they might pull my license. Yeah, right. So I can't do that. That's, so what, that's what happens just, when you're licensed by, this, by the governing body that wants to shut you down. Yeah, that's what happens when you're non-essential. We're non-essential. Mm, right. And that's that's one of the major problems I have. These people that are out there working are still getting money or working from home or whatever are criticizing the people that aren't getting any money listen about 15 of my people it's five weeks now they have not been able to get on unemployment okay getting no phone call back no email responses back nothing 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 it's all bullshit so those people they shouldn't be angry they shouldn't want to go back to work exactly and this and the system is so broken plus you know i don't know too many people who got those uh you know stipend checks from the government either i mean you and i aren't going to get them but uh i i haven't heard anybody getting those checks the 1200 dollar bullshit checks from the government yeah, 1200 dollars of our money right that costs well, us sixteen thousand dollars to give out correct correct so so everybody please just hang in there i hope to see a ton of you on tuesday between 12 and 3 again we're just driving we're just driving down to downtown trenton around the war memorial and everybody's going to drive nice and slow and i'm going to smoke a cigar and i'm going to have coffee in a thermos and uh i'm just going to drive around for three hours 
you know, <laughs> maybe maybe pull over and get some takeout food at a local restaurant or something and eat it in my car while not violating any social distancing guidelines under the executive orders, you know, because the state police and the AG do everything that Governor Murphy wants because he's saving lives. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> He's begging for federal money. He's begging. Mitch McConnell said maybe it's better these states go bankrupt and Murphy took it personally and attacked McConnell. But let's listen. You mismanaged your state. You mismanaged the pension plan, your pension systems for everything. You know what? Burn it to the ground and start over. Maybe you'll learn. Right. No, they won't. No. They won't learn. And and, and, any idiots in New Jersey will just keep pulling the lever. The Democrat. Yeah, that's the other thing. They're all pushing for mail-in voting. Murphy just signed an executive order for mail-in voting because they know you can cook the books there. You know, but we could go to Home Depot or a bicycle repair shop, but we can't go vote because that'll increase the spread. Hey, dude, that's where I'm going to exercise. Home Depot and Walmart. Yeah, walk around and lift stuff up. Yeah. Lift up. You know what you do? Lift up five concrete blocks, put them on a skid, and then put them back. Put them on a <laughs> skid, and then put them back. There's a lot of different exercises you could do at a Home Depot. Sandy, I love this idea. <laughs> Isn't it great? I'm running up and down the hallway, uh, the, <laughs> up and down the aisles, you know, at Home Depot. Yeah, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do stretching exercises, yeah, squats, and sure. everything. I didn't even think about that. Or hey, look, I, they threw me out of Walmart because I was over in their weightlifting department. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm testing I'm them. testing them. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, we can't even. You know, I I live about a thousand, maybe a thousand feet. I'm, I'm you know pretty rural, and I live maybe about a thousand feet away from a pretty large pond that a lot of people go fish at. And uh, the town cops, I feel so bad for them because they got to keep driving by. You got to pack up your fishing pole, and it's one guy fishing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yep. the mayor. Yeah, you know, yeah. we got it. It got it until it's closed. Uh, we had to close everything, but and I feel bad for these poor guys because they're out there just, you know, <laughs> just doing their job. It is such a bunch of bullshit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we can't go out and get sunlight. There is no sunlight anyway. But when there was, we can't go out and get right. sunlight exactly. uh, because Big Brother is watching you. You see the uh, the three one one tip line in Cal in New York City, Mel de Blasio. Yeah. Uh, they had a line, you know, where you could rat on people <laughs> yeah, violating social distance. Right they, had to sh- they had to shut it down. It got inundated with penis pictures and Hitler pictures. <laughs> That's great. That should be unbelievable. Listen, if they don't pull their shit together and stop the politics here, you're going to start to see civil unrest. Oh, absolutely. Okay? You're, you're, you're going to start absolutely. to see civil unrest. Uh, believe it or not, people are hurting. People need yes, money. absolutely. Okay? We need to go back to work. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. We need, we need to get the, you know, and unfortunately, we got to get the good news out there. And, and if we just, you know, let the, let the uh, stop censoring the crap. You know, again, that was one of the seminars in there was on communication. How do you suppress, you know, it's going to be a lot of disinformation, misinformation. How do you suppress it? And, of course, they use tech to do that. Yes. And guess who is the authoritative body of this? Now, you've got to remember, this was run by the U.N., right? So who's, who do you think the authoritative body is? The World Health Organization. The very same people that covered up the shit in the beginning are the de facto fact-checkers of all the information that's being put out over the internet. If it doesn't agree with WHO, it can't be. So there ain't no science going on out there. 
Sorry, guys. I should have put a disclaimer in the beginning. Is Do not listen to this if you're driving because your eyes will glaze over and you'll hit a telephone pole. <laughs> uh, right. But again, I hope to see everybody Tuesday, 12 to 3 in Trenton. Support those who support you. The tip of the spear here. We will get over this regardless of the media and our jackass politicians. Well, looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a kind of think media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio who are behind masks and going broke, uh, we love you guys. Wash your hands. Yeah, 19 seconds. 19 seconds. 19 and three quarters seconds. Yes. <laughs> we love you guys. See you next week. From sea to the shine.